Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And welcome to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara. I did finally turn up that microphone, so you should now be able to hear me. And now Cindy will feel comfortable turning down the intro music. There we go. Sorry about that, Cindy. Uh, and I believe we have Michael McNamara alongside us. Mike, you there? Hey, Justin, what'd you do? Push the wrong button there or something? Another graceful intro by me. Cindy, I, I, I always feel nervous turning the mic up before we're on the air because I don't, I don't want to you know, make any mistakes here. So, uh, But yeah, I, I forgot that one, Even despite several <laughs> reminders from Cindy. I'll give her I'll give her, her due. Anyway, you, how are Cindy. you? Uh, I'm just fine and uh, sitting here in my comfortable soft chair waiting to have some fun for the next couple hours here down in Marshfield. And, uh, yeah, how's the weather up there? Nice and sunny down it's here. It's going to be beautiful i i uh my apple weather says uh says 73 in westford today so that's um that's not bad for uh november, <laughs> on november 7th uh, we should mention we are recording this november 7th we're live up in the merrimack valley today on cap um i i assume we'll make reference to the ongoing presidential election so i did want to mention the actual date even though that uh our topic today is not the election but uh, i'm sure it will it will probably come up I, I promise to try to keep my uh, opinions <laughs> limited during this show this morning, Dustin. How's that? Yes. Yeah. I, I think. I, yeah. I, I. You know. To me, I keep. You know. I'm, I have my eyes on CNN probably a little bit more than I than I ought to uh, on their website. Um, you know, they they have not called it, but I, I think the the uh, I think it's pretty much a done deal. Is that what you're hearing? I don't know. I'm I'm hearing some uh, sort of there's there's relative celebration going on for one side and and not so much the other. So I guess it's mostly over. But who knows? Well, it it kind of looks like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure a whole bunch of people are glad it's over. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this whole thing. And my, my only comment is I don't think we have enough choices uh, in, in America for candidates or parties or platforms or whatever. Uh, it's just uh, I, I'd like to have more than two two people to vote for uh, given certain things. But maybe that'll change someday. And maybe I don't know a thing. But that's, that's what I'm thinking. You know, I, if a lot of people vote for one person because they don't like the other one, you know, that's a sad commentary and, yeah. you know, 
hopefully we have more more political parties in the future that are viable that can get a bunch of other opinions and things going on and uh, promote a discussion amongst our leaders. How's that? I would like to. Yeah, I would like to see that too. I think you know what. Yeah. I, I don't know that. I don't know that there's been a. You know, obviously the country has done pretty well with our two-party system. We are, uh, you know, we do we do lead the world in in an awful lot. But I, you're right. I think I think the partisanship has gotten to a point where where maybe a, maybe a little bit more choice might uh, might be helpful. It may it may you know at least give people the the illusion that you know things are better. And, and you know, you, right now it seems like it's uh, it's the guy you hate uh, or or the guy you love, and that's probably not a great situation for the long term. You know. Yeah, and I you know the other again. The, now you got me going here, but the other thing is like now let's go for this. Hey, that's this is what's on this is on topic well, for right now. <laughs> well, each you know each party has this platform and, and what they believe in. And by the way, I've been looking around, looking at those things the last couple of days, and it seems to me that whichever party we're talking about. They all have high moral ground, and everything that they believe in is the way that the world should be. Uh, and these days, it doesn't like seem like either party, who both think they have high moral ground, even want to talk to each other. You know, it's kind of my way of the highway sort of a thing. And I, I think that's sad. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we talked before. Uh, most of the countries in Europe have multiple parties in their governments. Yeah. Uh, Germany is probably the most well-run financial country in the, on the planet, my humble opinion. And I think I told you, they have like 17 political parties yeah. and, and, and eight or nine of them have representation uh, in, in their Congress or whatever they call it. And uh, and none of them have a majority. And so it's kind of cool. You know, you got to kind of go knock on a couple of doors to get a coalition together to pass some stuff you might want and they might get some stuff they might want too. Yeah. I'm oversimplifying, but I'm not sure if it's that hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think, it, and I, you know what, I I think we used to have a we used to have a more diverse we used to have more diverse parties right I mean it used to yeah, be there used yeah. to be moderate Democrats and moderate Republicans and and it, it, it just doesn't seem like that's going I mean it's it's certainly trending away right obviously we still have yeah. Susan Collins I guess but uh, I, I, I don't know yeah. other than that I can't really think of one uh, maybe yeah, uh, maybe the fellow in West Virginia there but um, whose name I'm blanking on but yeah I mean there just doesn't seem to be any any moderate uh, any moderate influence anywhere or at least it's it's dwindling and I can't imagine what it's going to yeah. look like you know four or eight years from now Right. Yeah, and and by the way, that even thinking about moderate, that's because we only have two choices. You know, if we had four or five, yeah. we, we might not even use the word moderate. You know, we ha if we have the, yeah. the Green Party as an example, if that was a strong force in politics, and you know, 15% of America, you know, voted for the Green Party. Well, you know what? But, you know, th there might be some agendas get done, and uh, we might not even have to use the word moderate because you're only thinking about two parties and, and extremes. So. To Thing. You know, who knows? But it, yeah. it would be nice to see more parties. It'll probably never happen with the money and the power that's in place. But, yep. uh, yeah, uh, you know, it, it, we complain a lot, but you got to ask yourself, where, where else in the world would you want to live? And I guess there's a few people talking about that, but not many that do it. You know? Yeah. That's right. That's right. It was. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. yeah immig the immigration tends to be uh, or, uh, you know, emigration tends to be a popular topic right or, right after every election. But it doesn't seem like it happens an awful lot unless yeah, you're a uh, unless you're a Hollywood celebrity, maybe. Yeah. So even though we're still waiting on this election, you know, I, I, I also now you got me going. I also read <laughs> something the other day that I, I it was from Mark Twain and it was a quote. And I forget the exact quote, but basically he said, you know, most of the things that we really, really, really worry about have a very low percentage of ever happening. Okay, uh, and and I've been hearing civil war in America yeah. and stuff like that. And by the way, cold war and whatever. So, uh, yeah, think about that for a minute. You know, we, you know, most of the folks we meet for the first time before we hopefully educate them a little about taking risk in their and in their investments. You know, they think the world is like coming to an end, and they and they kind of base their investments or their whole life upon that. Well, yeah, it's a pretty low probability, right? Yeah. One of the things. So, think think about that. I, I gotta maybe have to write a 
piece about that. But I, I think we spend a vastly disproportionate amount of our worrying about things that will probably never, ever happen. And, uh, you know, get on with it and worry about some other things that are probably more realistic. I yeah. Guess. Although, you know what, just in, you know, in fairness, we have seen a lot of images of, uh, you know, people in the streets with guns this year. So maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe well, it's, well, maybe it's know, hard not to worry. Way, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> is, is, is that one half of one percent of yes, Americans? Yes, it is. Yes, Thousand pictures, right? Yeah, okay. Right, well, yeah. There, there you go. Okay, the cable okay. news uh, effect amplifying everything again. Yeah, right? don't, yeah. don't, don't. Yeah. Let's not go there right. either. Okay, we have a completely <laughs> uh, objective radio show here, and we're going to keep it that way. Okay. There you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. We done on this topic, or we're, what? We're uh, done on this. Uh, yeah. I mean, yes. If, if you'd like to be, I just thought we, we should at least mention it, obviously, because I, yeah, you know, that's yeah. it's really in the yeah. consciousness. I know we're going to move on to yeah. something yeah. that you'd like to talk about. You you did send me the outline again in a in a. Yeah. In a Macintosh format, so uh, I'm, oh, I'm flying blind that. as usual here. After your, okay. I, 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 it I looks will. like it comes through in the email. It looks like the little PDF icon, uh, nope. but then it says dot pages. So if sometime, if sometime, well, you know, during the break, you can shoot it over. That's fine. But I'm sure I actually, can tag on. along. Watch this. I can share this right now. This is you're going to be able to do it this fast, so we so it doesn't it doesn't well we don't oh, sit on no, dead air. No. It's got to be it's got to be delete. No, it's got to be export for me to do it yeah. right because it's that. That could be it. Second. COVID is you're off. You're 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 a lot more tech savvy than you were pre-COVID. I don't know if you I don't know if you feel that way, but. Well, you know, it's it's kind of funny you say you say that. Uh, I, um, a, a long time ago, when you weren't even born, uh, I was fairly tech savvy and was carrying around computers well before their their time, sort of a thing. And yeah. Twenty five or thirty pounds just to keep me more efficient. But somehow or other, the older I get, the further behind <laughs> that curve I get. Just Mary. Kind of funny how that works. You know? Mary Beth still calls me to check on your to, you know to check on your meetings. If you if you have a if you have a six o'clock. Uh, you know, yeah. Zoom meeting. She she still calls me in a panic and asks me if I'll yeah. be available yeah. if you need help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it, you have there it. You go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Josh, I made it this far. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so we ready to go? By the way, I just zapped that off, and I think I actually did it successfully here while we were live and on air. Okay. So check your email. I'll anyway, check my so, email. All right, so let me kind of kind of launch into what we're going to be chatting about here today. And uh, well, by the way, well, last election comment: we're yep. probably not going to have a civil war. We're probably not going to have the end of the world in the financial markets. Yep. Uh, people aren't going to lose all their money, uh, and we'll probably get by this COVID thing uh, sooner or later. And and hopefully be wiser for it. So that's that's it. I'm done. Moving on. Okay. Moving on. Uh, this is like the fuzziest title I probably ever have done for a radio <laughs> show. Okay, as you can tell by the content. I didn't even uh, I didn't introduce it because I I wasn't exactly sure what it meant. I, I saw your title. Yeah. It says big things <laughs> going on. Hey, absolutely. And it's yeah. So and I should have said for investors. So so, so there's some big trends or or events going on in the world. Some of them now, some of them going back a few years yep. uh, that are kind of like macro trends, I guess. I don't know if I want to get official, I could have called it investor macro trends, I suppose. That's probably what the, yeah. Th if you, were, if you work for a big yeah. a big asset manager in, in New yeah. York or Boston, yeah. you would have called it that. Yeah. yeah. I probably would have confused our audience even more. Who's listening <laughs> yeah. here. So I think big things that investors should worry about is probably as good, a, good as I can get, you know? Okay. So, so uh, as you can see in the outline, and I'll just do a, what we'll never get through all these just as yeah. we normally do but nope. okay so the, so the big things are going on that we're going to try to spend some time on and okay so the first four I definitely want to try to get to and, and the first one is interest rates the second one is inflation the third one is national debts yep. and the fourth one is the big financial mess in 2007 eight, nine, and lessons we've learned okay yeah. okay so I, I want to get those we probably won't get through all those but if we do, okay, then I'm kind of flexible about which of the last four uh, we should get to, and I'll make let you have that choice. But the last four are capitalism versus socialism on the economic side, by Ooh, the way. okay. The rise of nationalism, okay, technology, and the evolution of investments and investment strategies basically in my lifetime. Okay. 
Okay. So, so if it's okay, we'll try to do the first four. We may never get through them, and maybe we could have fun and do another show like this a little bit later on. But so we're going to kick off. And folks, the, the, there are some lessons to be learned here from an investor point of view. And so we're going to be not talking about hugely detailed investment strategies. But by the way, if you get the big picture right about what may, might be happening in the world, the investment strategies don't make as aren't as important as getting the big picture right. So that's kind of why I'm touching on these things here. Big, the big things, if you know what I mean. Yep. So anyway, okay, so let's let's chat about interest rates and, and let's look back a few years, okay? Uh, so before you were born, mm-hmm. uh, that was... 19- Do you know when that was? Yeah, I was just yeah, going to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah almost. Yeah, okay. 1979, close. Yeah, yeah 1979. That was a list. <laughs> that's right. 74 for Adam, 79 yeah. for you, and 80. Yeah, okay. So, so oh, I'm sorry. So... <laughs> It went, when you were one year old, one year. okay, in in 1980, do you want to take a guess at what uh, the national average for money market funds was? Oh and boy! By the way, they were rel- they were relatively new the, the, as investments, but yeah, take a guess. Um, I'll say, uh, oh god, that was it was was right after the 70s, huh? Maybe I, I know like you were one. You probably won't pay much attention. Seven percent. Seven percent. Oh, Justin! Did I get it. Disappointed. Was it twelve point six eight percent? Wow! You that's, want to think about that? That's a lot of money. Twelve point six eight percent. By contrast, I, I, we we spend a lot of time uh, on our. <laughs> You know, as as asset managers, we spend a lot of time worrying about you know the returns, risk and returns on all of our investment vehicles. One of which is is money markets, because obviously we have clients who have money markets. And I think the rate is maybe like it's point point zero one now. Is that about yeah, what we, it is? If not yeah, zero, so, so, so today they're like a tenth of a percent, folks. Yeah. If maybe that, if, if you got lucky, lucky yeah. three or four tenths of a percent. Yeah. So by the way, there is no return. No. Okay, on on money funds, but but so so that's that's pretty interesting. Okay. Uh, by the way. In 1980, when you were one year old and probably doing silly stuff like most one-year-olds mm-hmm. do, okay, uh, got, and I broke into this business in 1980, by the way, uh, government, the 30-year government bond was north of 15%. Actually, it was some, there were a few months when it was 17%, okay, but way back then, okay? Yep. And, and, and people, you know, people listening to us are saying, well, you know, if, if I could have, you know, how, how dumb... How easy would life be if I could have bought a 14 or a 15 percent 30-year government bond back in 1980? Well, it's the the the, the, uh, the what's wrong with that picture is looking backwards is really easy to be smart to be right. smart. Okay, and and I can clearly remember those days and and when government bonds were paying 13 or 14 percent, people were saying I'm not going to buy any because I know they're going to go higher because interest rates and inflation were so high, sort of a thing. But anyway, the, so so the point is from the macroeconomic point here, folks, you don't yep. have to write this down, is that from approximately 1980, okay, to last week, okay, rates in nice, safe, warm, fuzzy money market funds went from about 13% to about zero. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and that's and that's a that's a trend uh, that we'll spend some time talking about. But but then we ought to kind of spend some time about well, where are we now, and what what might an investor do about that sort of a thing? Yep. Okay. I'm sure. All right. All right. So um, so the the to some extent. Uh, okay, the, our, our government basically helped lower interest rates. By the way, one of the things that the Federal Reserve do, does, okay, is it has tools in its toolbox. It's like a big bank that controls basically uh, much of what goes on in interest rates. Okay, uh, but the, but the bottom line is that, that the, our Federal Reserve, a government agency, okay, has been lowering interest rates. By the way, in the 70s, Justin. And then again, you weren't around. Nope. Uh, interest interest rates and inflation got so high that the government raised interest rates, which is why they were so high. Okay, in the seventies and, and early nineteen eighties. Yeah. Well, since then, the government has been basically lowering them. Okay, yep. slowly, but boy, they really got serious in two thousand seven, eight, nine about lowering interest rates. Okay, uh, and the, and the the other big picture that goes on here is that uh, it, one has to wonder 
how much government intervention in the financial markets we want or desire, what is good or bad. Okay, in 2007, 8, 9, and by the way, to some extent in 2000, uh, and 01, okay, and by the way, back in 1989 when there was a real estate crisis, the government has stepped in, okay, lowered interest rates, made money cheaper, and has helped recover a sad or bad economy sort of a thing. So, so the Federal Reserve job is to keep inflation under control. They do that with interest rates. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, w- w- we should all be very thankful that in 2789, the government lowered interest rates and basically made money available Okay, yep. to, for people to just get bailed out of that thing. By the way, we've done that when we went to war. Okay. You know, First World War, Second World War in Korea, as a matter of fact, sort of thing. So, so, so the government tends to control interest rates. Yeah. Okay. In general, they've come down since 1980, but that government control has uh, increased in size, uh, in magnitude, in frequency, starting in 2002. Okay, pick it up steam in 2007, 8, 9. And then, by the way, kind of going bonkers for the last... <laughs> Yeah. the last 10 or 12 years, <laughs> to be honest with you, okay? The, 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 the United States' central bank, that's what we call the Federal Reserve, yep. uh, and the central banks from around the world, from developed countries, they've all been doing the same thing. By the way, the 2007 8, 9 mess, mess, which we'll get to in a little while here, was a very deep stock market down, but worse, was a very deep economy down, okay? Uh, and so the economy really took a, a battering and honestly I could make a case that it's not fully recovered even before this COVID thing materialized in 2020 so a very deep whack in the economy a very long slow recovery throughout the world and basically central banks in the world have been following our lead and they've been basically lowering interest rates okay to stimulate economies okay uh, yeah. if they're going to continue to do that and by the way they might raise them if we have inflation i hope they get it right because that that's a that's a pretty powerful thing to be able to do and i hope we don't get used to the government interfering too much but i i'll give them credit the last two or three crises we've had well now the 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 i guess the concern i would have uh is that well do we start expecting the government to bail out the economy even if it takes a hiccup you know if it takes a massive dive like covid and what we've done this year I'm off of that. That's terrific. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll figure out how to pay off that all that debt we borrowed. We had to print money to do that, by the way. So we have to. We kind of have to figure out how to deal with that. But I, I don't think the financial markets or or the people in America. Okay, I don't think the, the government should kind of try to eliminate recessions because recessions, to, to a mild extent, have been good to cleanse the economy of its excesses over time. But but anyway, that's the reason we have low interest rates. A couple, couple other examples. So well, yeah. So if a, I could just yeah. Ju- yeah, if I could just jump in there, I mean, yeah. th- that sort it does sort of <laughs> circle back to our show intro. I mean, I think yeah. you're, we're at the point now where the Federal Reserve is, you know, I mean, Jerome Powell on on at least one occasion, probably even more has actively asked Congress for for help and and you know part of the you know part of the issue with our with our current system is that no one you know with with no one there to compromise no nothing nothing substantial gets done or at least not yep. as much as might otherwise be yep. done so you know you yep. see, you know the, the Federal Reserve is sitting there and they have they have a certain number of tools available to them uh, but you know, Congress also has tools available, yeah, they, you know, to, to yeah, tax, and, tax and spend they, and yeah, right, it, right. it's just, yeah. um, I mean, it's, you know, another issue. I, I personally think that I don't, I don't think we're ever going to see the, the time when, you know, you know, governments and government officials are just going to you know, kind of let a recession go. I mean, they're, you know, they have to yeah. sort of justify their jobs. I mean, there's, yeah. that's just yep. simply no, part of it, but will they yep. overdo it? I mean, certainly. And then they, and they, you know, you could argue that they sometimes already overdo it, right? They've been pretty good on the downside. Yeah. Uh, but then they've also, uh, you know, you could argue that they've, they've made the, you know, the upsides and the overshooting, uh, worse, right. You know, 
with, one, with yeah, a lot of free money and technology and real estate. Uh, you know, they've, they've maybe created a couple of bubbles and then, and then bailed us out after them. But, uh, yeah. those days are, are probably here to stay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, so here's a couple of examples for folks listening of low interest rates. By the way, Justin, I have a, I have a, a bond deal for you. I think you ought to buy this for, for college, for your kids. You're yeah. Ready for this now? I'm ready. Okay. So, uh, the government of Germany, uh, th- this week, you can buy a nine-year German government bond, absolutely guaranteed by the German government, by the way, with a higher credit rating than the United States. Did you want to take a guess at how much you get paid to do that? Is it, ne- uh, is it negative? T- uh, it is. <laughs> do you get paid the, op- the opposite? Is it the opposite of getting paid? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what's the, I don't even know what the negative rates are. Are they, is it like negative, guess, negative, right? a, negative 0.5? Pretty close. Negative 0.63. So, so folks, okay, you have to pay the German government a little more than six-tenths of a percent to own this very safe guaranteed bond. This is this is how far we now we've gone below zero yeah. in some interest rates uh, in in some companies. That that's like brand new territory and and mighty mighty scary, okay? Uh, in July of this year, 2020, across the globe, there were 15 trillion, I don't know how many zeros that is, trillion with a T, dollars of negative interest rate sovereign bonds. A sovereign bond is issued by a country. Okay, so there's 15 trillion dollars of bonds in the world right now that you have to pay the lender to buy them. Okay, this is like this is like Never Never Land or, or La La Land. Okay, because we've never been there before, other than maybe for a month or two or three during wartime. Okay, and then this is this is even more fun. So, folks, so pay attention to this. Okay, if if you move uh, to Denmark. Okay. Oh, you can pro- look at that. Wait, we we, we this, snuck up on. We both lost break, track of time. Sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll hear about Denmark on the other side. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Mike McNamara. Uh, we are recording uh, live today in the Merrimack Valley, and uh, it's it's on November seventh. So I should just mention that I've been I've been mentioning that a few times because it's a there's still uh, there's still a lot going on with politics, and uh, when we make reference to it, uh, everything uh, we say we believe is accurate as of Saturday morning on the seventh. Does that that work? Is that a good good uh, just good disclaimer? Sure. And let me make a prediction: we're not going to have a civil war in this country this week. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm, on, I'm on record as that happening, myself. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So, folks, so gonna, we're uh, we're talking about macroeconomic events. How's that sound, Jess? That sounds pretty professional, right? I would say it does. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we're talking or about big or big, big things happening. Big things happening for <laughs> investors in the world, and and the thing we're talking about is that interest rates have plummeted in the last uh, forty years and are virtually zero. Uh, and and by the way, that is never never land, folks. We've we've never ever been in that situation other than maybe a month or two or three during a world war. It was kind of short-lived. So this is this is unknown territory and a, and a little scary here. But anyway, so uh, if you missed uh, if you missed and just joined us, okay, uh, if you're a bond buyer, which means you're a lender, okay, if you bought a nine-year German bond this week, you had to pay them about six-tenths of a percent for the pleasure of owning that bond. Folks, that's negative of interest rates. Some interest rates in the world have gone below zero. Well, Justin, I, I have a I have a suggestion for you. I, I think you need to call the Jaiske Bank in Denmark. Jaiske, okay. And, and, yeah, J-Y-S-K-E. And I think you have to ask them if they can re, you can refinance your home with them. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, because this week the Jaiske Bank in Denmark is offering a 10-year mortgage Okay, with a negative 0.5% rate, they'll pay you a half a percent a year to take out a mortgage with them. All right. You want, you want to think about that? Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> 
Do they do? So What's it, their extra paperwork for getting an overseas mortgage? I, I, I'll bet I, there is. You know, there's probably some translations in currency there along the way. <laughs> yeah. But so, so think about that, folks. If if you have money and you're and you're a lender, you're a bond buyer. You're being punished. But if you're a borrower, low interest rates are pretty good. And and, and literally, okay. Uh, and there's a oh yeah. And the Nordia Bank. If the the Jaisky Bank shut you you know shut you down, Justin, for whatever reason. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the Nordia N O R D E A Bank in Denmark okay. is issuing is issuing twenty year mortgages at zero percent. Okay. Okay. So you know you, you know you can give them. I'll I'll give you a reference if you need it when you call them, Josh. But uh, think think about that. And folks, right now we're uh, I think I just saw an ad this morning for a thirty year mortgage for like less than three percent. Yeah, I have uh, uh, I have uh, national average two point eight one as of October 29th. Yeah. My data is you know yeah. about a year old, but wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, week old, but yeah. So, so low still pretty good. Rates, yeah, yeah. L- low interest rates are bad if you're an investors with either having cash or money markets or bonds. Yeah. But they're good if you happen to borrow money. But folks, we're 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 literally in like never never land, and and we don't know where this goes. Okay, so it, it's good news for mortgages, for car loans, for student loans, yeah. borrowing money. Okay, but it's it's good and bad. So, so from a government point of view, so here's here's my thought here. Okay, uh, so so where do you uh, where do you think they're going from here? You got to guess five years, ten years. Make a, make any kind of a guess you want. You know what I, I think again, and we're just to be clear, we're not economists, but um, you know my guess is that we have lower interest rates for a while, and you know I, I think I think globalization is probably going to is. I think it's been pretty significant in in you know global interest rates being relatively low, right? I mean, if you think back to yeah. Yeah. when we had very high inflation back in the '70s, right? You you really weren't in a globalized world, and and you know if you know when the economy got tight, if things were going well, you had to you know companies had to fight for workers, and you know you can't you couldn't it wasn't as easy to just you know send all the work overseas or threaten to. And ever since the economy sort of globalized, you've you've seen a, a relatively steady downward trend in the inflation rate. And, and now, again, um, this is probably an oversimplification. And if there are any actual economists listening, they, they may have a, they may have <laughs> yeah, issue with what I'm saying. But I, I think it's it's hard to see runaway inflation unless you, you know, unless you get, you know, very, very serious fiscal problems in a given yeah. place, right? Obviously, there are places in the world where there are, uh, you know, where there is significant inflation going on. But I mean, if you take a look at uh, you know, look at maybe uh, Japan, right? Japan has had, you know, very, very low interest rates along with massive, you know, along with massive public debts for, for what, like 20, you know, t- going on 20 years now. And yeah. uh, they've managed to get by without any, you know, without significant inflation because it's just so hard to, you know, it's just so hard for wages to jump because, be, you know, companies can move, you know, can move operations all over the world. So I think that's, I think that's part of it. And which is why I think I'm, you're not likely to see significant inflation unless you you get you know kind of unless you do get to globalization which again is, yeah. is not out of the realm of possibility given the you know kind of the political climate in the world here and yeah. what people are thinking and feeling in in lots of different places not just the united states yeah and, and by the way your your my question was about interest rates yeah your answer your answer was inflation they're right. obviously they're obviously connected right okay and we and we'll get to inflation next yep. folks but i i and, and i should i you know just yeah. to finish your question i also think yeah. that um you know for the most part the easiest, you know, the, the tool that central banks have that's probably the easiest for them to, uh, or at least attempt to control is the, is interest rates, right? I mean, they, you know, yeah. they can change the, you know, the rates at which yeah. they lend to banks and they can, you know, they can raise in and, uh, and lower that fairly easily. And I think there's a lot of pressure on central banks to do something when, you know, you know, both, both the public and the, you know, whatever politicians are in power really want the central banks to go ahead and act. And it's, you know, it's all, I mean, we've, we've heard president, we heard President Trump the last four years, you know, constantly banging the drum for lower interest rates uh, because, you know, lower interest rates make, you know, tend to, uh, you know, appreciate 
um, you know, t- they tend to be more of a, a longer term problem. They, they, sh- they sort of make things better in the shorter term, although they may cause longer term problems. And so there's always a, uh, you know, politicians are always advocating for lower rates. And so I, I don't think that the central banks around the world are going to be, they don't have it. It's not a very easy job to just say, no, we're going to raise rates. We're going to raise rates because then you're so things on the other side of public opinion. That's my guess. I, I would say yeah, that those two forces together probably give us relatively low interest rates. I don't, you know, I, obviously I have no idea. And uh, we're, you know, disclaimer, we don't, we don't know. No one knows what's going to happen in the future. But I don't see 10% interest rates uh, anytime this decade. Well, that was a very long and detailed explanation. <laughs> was that? Uh, I was rambling. My, my, I was... Comment is that, my comment is I think they're going to stay low for quite a while. Okay, mm-hmm. And you touched upon it. So, so here's, here's my reasoning yeah. why they're going to stay very low and that we're in a, like a new world. Okay, So let's see. If you owed, Justin, let's pretend that you owed $22 trillion. Yeah. To somebody. Hi, know, just okay. the, hypothetically? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then hypothetically assume that you could control the interest rate at, on that borrowed money that you borrowed. Would you keep them high or low? What, what would you do? I think I'd go, uh, let's see, what's 10, what's 10% of 22 trillion? Is it about, about 2.2 trillion? I think, I think I'd go with lower. Yeah. 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 So folks, ma- macroeconomic point here. Okay. We're both guessing interest rates are going to be low for a long time. Yeah. And we'll get to what that means for investors. Okay. But there's a really good reason why that I, I hope happens because we owe 22 million dollars okay yeah. as a country tr- i'm sorry trillion what am i thinking about okay and right now i think the average interest on that money is like three eight three percent i forget the number but if interest rates go to ten percent okay we're not going to have any money left in our national budget because it's going to have to pay all the interest okay on the bonds that we owe so so there's a and this is this gets scary okay so so yeah. first of all okay so first of all i'm pretty sure interest rates are going to stay mighty low for a long time and, and folks We'll explain what you do about with your money about that. Okay. And then second of all, and you also touched on this. Well, some of our wise politicians, our wise financial politicians in Congress, I'm being facetious here, are going to say, well, wait a minute. If money's free or we're only paying 1%, we can borrow a whole lot more because what's the worry? <laughs> Given the circumstances. Yeah. Okay. By the way, that's known as modern monetary theory these days. And it basically says that budget deficits and debts don't matter because we can print money and stay out of trouble. I'm, I'm not going down that road, folks. But the point is, I'm pretty sure we're going to have some low interest rates for a long time. Okay, that's good for governments that borrow money. That's bad for Congress and Senate folks who think we can continue to borrow and never have to pay it back because we'll just keep interest rates low. So sometime that might end badly, Justin, is where I'm going with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that, that's kind of scary. Okay. So, okay, so if you're an investor, what the heck do you do about this? Yeah. Okay, well, a, 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 little, uh, a little more background, folks. Okay, uh, we believe that you put bonds in your portfolio. You know, everybody out there listening to us, hopefully you have an, an investment strategy in your 401k or your investments, and it's probably known as an asset allocation where you have a certain mixture of stocks and bonds. Okay, uh, and whatever that mixture is, and we have mixtures like that, like everybody else. Yeah. You know, hang on a second. I just wanted to, I, I wanted to put, you know, just to, just to kind of put a point on the problem. I, I am on the taxfoundation.org uh, website. I, I, yeah. I couldn't find it on our research site. So I, I looked up uh, federal government receipts in millions of dollars. The most recent year yeah. that I had uh, was 2018. And yeah. total federal government receipts, which are from... Hang on. We have Social Security, excise taxes, Social Security taxes, in, in uh, business taxes and income taxes. The yeah. total was just under $4 trillion. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when you're talking about, I believe that's trillion, yeah. Well, it, couldn't be, yeah. it, could, it certainly couldn't be $4 billion. So, um, 
I think we're, you know, if you, if your debt service cost goes up to 10% of, of your, of the total national debt, then, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're, uh, that's, that's half of your budget. That's half of your gross yeah. receipts there, are there, going there to pay go. back debt versus now, at, you yeah. know, if it's at 3%, then it's a relatively smaller number. So that's, I mean, yeah. again, that's, that's, that's a, frightening. We're, that's frightening. we made a good yeah. case why, um, people want to keep interest rates low, but you know, just just to be clear, we're not always in charge, right? It's not yeah. it's not as if the uh, the rest of the world needs to buy our debt at at uh, those rates, right? I mean, there it's a it's an auction. We've system. fooled them so far. Justin. Yeah, it's an we auction system, so and if far. they if there are no takers, then those inter- then those rates will go up. Um, so just to be, again, I, I, I interrupted yeah. you there, but I, I wanted that, to, that, that was a good interruption. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, that, yeah. So man, my point exactly. So so number one, if you're a, a, a congressman or a senator in Massachusetts. Or, or even the federal government. I hope you're listening, yeah. okay, uh, whoever you are, because, okay, you know, rates are going to st- stay low because we can't afford to bump up the interest we pay. But if you're a politician, would you please understand that that doesn't give you free license to borrow money forever and think it's going to go away because we can just print some more. Then we'll have inflation like you won't believe. And by the way, I have some examples about that when we get to the inflation thing. But anyway, right. so if you're an investor, where I was going is that we've always th- said from from our point of view, that you have bonds in your portfolio to cut down the excitement of owning the stocks, it kind of modifies the up and down bounciness of your portfolio, okay? Uh, and that's worked for a really long time. Well, well, if bonds are going to pay zero, their ability to do that just got impaired. And by the way, if interest rates actually do rise, bonds may have negative returns. So, so owning bonds is not the same deal it's been for the last 35. These aren't your grandfather's bonds, I guess is my, my best way to say yeah, that. Okay, sure. and, and, and that we actually have more concerns about what the bond and the bond interest rate world is going to do than the stock world, okay? Uh, but anyway, so, the, so we're at a very, very interesting place in history that we've never been at before, where interest rates are extremely low. They're yeah. going to probably be that while, and for a while, and if you're an investor, you're thinking, well, why should I own bonds? Okay. And no, Justin, I, I gotta, I gotta. The answer is, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. If if you can stomach more volatility. You yeah. might want to not get rid of your bonds, but you might want to decrease, okay, the percentage that you own. In fact, Justin, I, I, I've been thinking about this for a while. I think I've mentioned it to you. I, I think it, at the next investment committee meeting of McNamara Financial, we ought to talk about whether or not we, we shouldn't bump up some of, some of our clients into the next higher stock percentage portfolio uh, because of where bond returns are, are probably going to be. That's a whole separate discussion, yep. but, but, but for folks listening to us, okay, uh, you know, the more bonds in your port, bonds are riskier than they used to be a long time ago. When interest rates in, on bonds are low, that means bond prices are really high. And uh, I could easily make a case, folks, that the U.S. bond market with regard to prices is at least as high as the U.S. stock market. And that ain't good if you think bonds are safe and they're going to do what they're going to do for the last 35 or 40 years. And, and so this is like a real inflection point in thinking about how you how you mix your investments uh, and, and one one way to deal with that is to think about bumping up the percentage of stocks in your portfolio somewhat yes increasing your, your level of risk somewhat uh, but maybe what you thought was a safe portfolio with X percentage of bonds just isn't that way anymore, okay? So that's that's one alternative. The other alternative is is to deal with the fact that you're probably going to have less returns on the bond part of your portfolio going forward. What, what, what are the folks that we work with, Justin? What are they guessing for rates of return for the bond market? What, what, what's the number there? Low. I mean, you know, because we don't exactly know where interest rates are going to go, usually yeah. what you do is you start with a you know, your, your current interest rate and, you know, you kind of assume that that'll be your actual return 
if you uh, if you know, if you hold the if you hold that portfolio for maybe you know a five or a ten year period, but obviously very long term uh, yeah. returns are, are much more difficult to predict because you could get a quick yeah. spike in interest rates and then they could you know then they could sit high for you know for the next twenty or thirty years, right? But if you're yeah, if you're right. if you're just starting out now, uh, you know, and, and let's say interest rates are two and a half percent on say a diversified bond portfolio, that's probably what you should assume. You know, at least on at least on an intermediate term time horizon, right? So you know, your ten yep. year return yep. on bonds is probably going to be somewhere around two and a half percent, right? Because that's that's the coupon you're going to get, and yep. then if interest rates trend higher, well, you'll lose some of, you know, your, your, your principal will drop a bit, but then you'll be able to, you know, if, if you're, especially if you're in a bond portfolio, new bonds will, you know, be able to be purchased at those higher rates. So even though you lost some money on the principal side, you know, you'll get some extra money on the, yeah. on the, on the interest side when you're reinvesting those, at those coupons. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I guess the answer is low, uh, obviously shorter term returns will be, will be much more volatile, right? We could have a yeah, year yeah. like last year where, where bonds did, you know, Know, terrifically well, uh, yeah. or and then you can have a you know a year where they do lousy, but longer term if you're projecting probably just sort of meh. I guess that's the you know that's yeah that's my technical I, I term for it. I agree with you. It. By the yeah. way, there's there's a lot of history that says take the interest rates on like ten year bonds, and that's about what you're going to earn for the next ten years. And and that you know and so by the way, and the numbers that you quoted are accurate for the bonds you're talking about, which are corporate bonds. Uh, do you know what the ten year U.S. Treasury? If you want to buy the safest bonds for the next 10 years, guaranteed, no risk. I'm being kind of facetious about the risk, folks. Yeah. You seen this? What's the 10-year treasury, Josh? I do have that one up. I just happen to have yeah. that on my on my, my dashboard. 0.83%. Yeah. 0.83%. Okay. yeah. okay, so if history holds true, that's like a percent on your bonds for the next 10 years, folks. That's yeah. a pretty scary number if you're into safety and guaranteed returns and no risk, because that's pretty risky when you're Start thinking about inflation and the fact that if interest rates rise, that'll bond will shrink a little bit. So, so yeah, so we're in a new place. But so, so, so from an investor's point of view, okay, it, it's actually fairly uncomplicated. You need to get a little bit braver if you want to increase your returns and deal with the accompanying volatility, uh, or you want to deal with the fact that you're probably going to have lower returns. Okay, uh, the more bonds that you have in your portfolio, sort of a thing. And that's so. That's just generic. Don't you know, folks? Go out and talk to your financial advisor. Don't go do that because we suggested it to you. But th th those are like the strategies, or or you, the bonds that you own in your portfolio. You can get braver with, yep. okay, and buy more riskier ones. But f folks, it, it's our world is extremely uncomplicated. If you take more risk, you get paid more. But it's more exciting, and sometimes it doesn't work out. And that that math has never ever changed, and it never will. Justin, how about your thoughts? about bond investors and investments going forward. What, what would you recommend? You know, uh, well, a diversification, I think we should, you know, you should probably own multiple types of bonds. Uh, you know, obviously, you, you know, you mentioned if you're just sitting, you know, the, the 30, the 10 year treasury uh, tends to do, uh, <laughs> tends to do very well when the market drops, but uh, you're not going to, you know, at least from this point here out, here on out, you're probably not going to get a great return out of it. Uh, so don't just own one type of bonds, right? You know, obviously you can buy bond indexes, but then you can diversify into high yield bonds and floating rate bonds and treasury inflation protected yeah. securities. Uh, so I, and and uh, and don't forget global bonds as well, international, yeah. um, which come with their own set of risks. Yeah. But and, I think, and by the way, you know, well, there's another way to that, folks. You can put yeah. some of that bond money in cash. Yep. Okay, C cash has if you want to earn higher, even less. Yeah. yeah well, well, but <laughs> yeah, by the way, right. but it has an even higher investment correlation with the stock market, or, or uncorrelated. Oh, cash is even more uncorrelated. Well, yeah. For ver portfolio diversification than bonds, so you would earn nothing, but you're, you you'd allow you to have your stocks to earn more because it would be safe from a balance point of view. So, yep. so yeah, putting more cash, okay, again, you're earning nothing, but if you if you have enough cash to offset the volatility in your stocks in your portfolio, maybe you'll hang on long enough to get that high enough return. You know what I mean? That's just kind of one of those things. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, the, yeah. I would say there's a, you know, there, there are plenty of options out there for investors, and I, but yeah. probably not all of them are great, right? I mean, if you, yeah. if you, yep. if you had a, a nice bond yield and you could get a you know a decent return out of a relatively low risk asset that's always great but uh, that's not the that's that's really not the the place we found us in for the for the recent past and I doubt it's going to be I doubt it's going to change watching the future 
Yep. Amen. So, uh, okay. So I, we, we finished the first of eight sections I wanted to talk about. All right. Well, hey. Okay. <laughs> so, so do you have any summary comments on interest rates? Uh, no, just, you know, I, I would, uh, again, st- uh, if you're investing out there, stay diversified. I, I would not try to bet on short-term uh, interest rate movements just because there's so much that goes into it. And it's, it's, you know, it's, there's so much input coming. It's not, it's not just purely a market play because there are so many central banks in there and, and governments that are trying to work with the, you know, trying to work with the interest rate, uh, that I wouldn't just try to, you know, assume it's going to trend up because that's the natural history of it, right? There's a lot of people working on probably keeping it lower and yep. I would, tr- I would stay out of the prediction game when it comes to short term interest rates, yeah, maybe, maybe longer term, will they yep. trend up? I think we, we probably think that they will. Uh, but again, longer term could be 10 years, right? I mean, we've, we've been could, here could for be a while. Longer than that. Yeah. Could, could be longer <laughs> yeah. than that. Yeah. We've been talking about them going up for the last 15, remember? Yeah. Or the last, think not, yeah, that. not 50, but yeah, I mean, we've been, well, yeah, probably. Yep. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. The, I can remember we used to have, uh, you know, we used to have meetings with, you know, just sort of study group meetings and, and people, when, when interest rates were at four percent, we were, you know, we were talking about, oh man, they got to go back up sometime, and that was, I think, that was a lot of years ago now. Um, yeah, yeah, yes, it was. Yeah, and uh, and my closing comments on the subject: that folks, bonds, uh, the bonds today are not the same bonds you may have owned for for a long time, the last 20, 30, 40 years. The, the world is different because interest rates are very, very low. Bond prices are very, very high. Yep. Uh, that that means your returns are likely to be a lot less than they've been in the past, if you look back. And it, it also means uh, that that you're, you're, if interest rates do rise, you know, some of your bond returns actually may go negative. Okay, we, we don't want to get into interest rate risk here. And, but, but the short story is, folks, that if interest rates rise, the value of bonds tends to go down. And if you're only getting paid 2% on your bonds, they don't have to go down too much for you to earn zero or lose money sort of a thing. So, yep. so just to go, go talk with a financial advisor uh, about how that all might work and what you might think. And, and my advice is it's very simple. Either you deal with the fact that you're going to get probably less of an investment return going forward, okay, on bonds, uh, and or you take some degree more risk by either going higher risk in the bonds or buying more stocks in your portfolio. N- n- not a lot of other options, folks, given the circumstances. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. Inflation. Oh, boy. Inflation. Okay. Well, we should be able to get through this one pretty quickly because we, we certainly touched on it enough in the last segment. Well, you did. Okay. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't weighed in yet here. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, Mr. Economics Major, uh, why don't you give me a definition of inflation before we get started here? Okay. Uh, inflation. Listeners. Yeah, just, you know, simplified. Uh, I, don't, I think probably most people know the definition of inflation. Things just cost more and more every year, right? I mean, we all remember the movie. You know, I can remember you talking about how much the movies cost when we were when you were taking us to the movies as kids. And you're saying, whoa, $5 to go to the movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now, gosh, I haven't, not that, they're, not that the theaters are actually open now, but, you know, now it's what, you know, 12 or 15 bucks. And, uh, and that's just the way it is. We're paying 20 for that luxury seating, Justin, for crying out loud. <laughs> well, that's. You're, <laughs> you must be a one percenter then if you're paying that much. Hey. Uh, so yeah, just things cost more and more every year, as we all know, and we you know not, none of us like it, but it's just the way it is. And at least you know, yeah. and that's you know probably the way it's always going to be. We don't you know we don't have we're off the days of the gold standard here, so we're going to have probably inflation is going to be part of our lives for uh, you know for for as long as we all live. Yeah, yeah, and, and and the best way to define inflation is not to speak in a lot of economic jargon. Yeah. it's to look back and think, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Looking, you know, looking forwards is always hard, but looking back makes it easy. You know, for for folks listening out there to us right now, who've been in your home for fifteen or twenty or thirty years, just ask yourself what you pay for the home and what it's worth now. Sure. Okay. That that's called <laughs> that's called inflation. Okay. Uh, for folks, uh, my age, uh, who are hopefully by paying for college educations for their kids, okay, just think about if you went to college 50 years ago or 40 years ago, by the way, I went to college 50 years ago, if you went to college 50 years ago, what was your tuition? <laughs> sure. 
Human Board and look around today. Folks, that's inflation. Okay, so we don't have to get too academic about it. Okay, uh, probably my last example would be stamps. Yeah. Okay, uh, you, you, you got one of your own? You, you, you mentioned a couple. But no, I was going to say stamps. Yeah, that, that's, you know, yeah. stamps are, uh, that's the easiest one. And, and I, don't think, yeah. I, I don't think they track exactly with inflation. I think it seems like yeah. they must be going higher than, that rate must be higher than inflation. But anyways, yeah, that's, a, that's I, an I, obvious easy one. Yeah, yeah, I can I can clearly remember uh, when I was in high school and had this big honking old Dodge pickup truck pulling into my uncle's gas station and putting like three dollars in the tank because because gas was twenty five or thirty cents a gallon. Yep. Okay, so f- folks, that's inflation, and we're going to have it going forward. Okay, and y- you know the, the the definition, the simplest definition of how do you get wealthier or if you if you have money how do you hang on to what you can buy with it you have to make more than taxes and inflation take away and you're going to have to come back after the break to figure that out we'll be right back 